0: listeners welcome to yet another episode of edgeguard podcast a podcast where we take a closer look at games on the fringe my name is jordan uh, i am your host joining me as usual is my co-host uh, and good friend blake hey everybody it's me blake blake, blake is you here said before <laughs> blake you know
1: blake. blake from the podcast yeah it's this is a thing you're famous for <laughs> yes, your, definitely famous. Your, your claim to fame? Um, we have triple-digit Twitter followers,
0: so you know, making yeah, it a big milestone, time. big milestone. We're we're on we're on the way up. Uh, Blake is joining me today. Uh, we're talking about a, a game uh, called The Last Survey, uh, which is by Nicholas O'Brien. Um, it is a uh, uh, it's described as an essay game, but it's basically like a kind of uh, visual short narrative uh it's story is told through text and then there's sort of like uh these sketchy sketchy in the sense of like sketched out uh, animations <laughs> that sort of communicate thematic stuff going on in the world um uh we should also say that this is a uh, a demo uh we were playing the first um chapter uh, and the remainder of it will be released at a later date uh but this was on itch, so we wanted to check it out. We'll probably play the rest of it when when the full thing comes out. But um, in the meantime, we'll just be talking about uh, about the the first episode. Uh, the theme, the sort of um, the brief summary of the narrative uh, is that you uh, get the story from the point of view of a geologist that has been contracted by um, a Brazilian mining company to basically survey. How, met, how much of the world's rare earth uh, minerals, like the ones used to power electric vehicles or whatever. I don't really know a lot mm-hmm. about the, the actual geology behind it, but um, you have bad news. You've learned that the, earth, the industry is depleting them way faster than uh, than anticipated. So you're, you've you shown up at company headquarters to deliver this report to your boss. Uh, and that's the, that sets the scene
1: yeah so so you're it's kind of uh framed as like you are a basically an academic who Mm -hmm. uh was uh contracted by this you know huge corporation uh that's making a lot of money uh to scope it out and see what the situation is and it uh it's kind of there are a few light options i think in this sort of this is basically the introduction to the game i, I get the sense that it's kind of like the, the the prelude to the real meat of the game once it comes out which will be your meeting with this uh what's his name ferrera is that his name Senor Yeah, Ferreira. victor
0: ferrera is yeah. the the ceo or president or whatever
1: yeah so uh kind of what it seems like the game will be is like you're meeting with this person telling him the bad news and my guess is that it'll be him being like all right cool well we're not going to tell anybody and we're going to keep doing it anyway fuck you and he'll be like no actually this is horrible and destroying the earth but okay i well, uh, i get
0: the impression that you will have some ability to to sway that sway yeah yeah yeah, yeah although what, what you say to him will have some maybe only a limited effect but some effect on how the the company is run
1: yeah though at this point this pretty much entirely speculative because uh the the section of the game we played you you have a few choices mm-hmm. um but they they kind of for the most part this this intro section is about introducing the narrative and sort of the the style of the game which yeah. i would say both strong uh in my yeah, opinion
0: definitely made me want to come back uh, i really like the sort of um i like the the drawing style and also just the the sort of way that the, the, the like animations express rather than like usually literally depict. Sometimes it like shows you like point of view, basically walking through a door or whatever, but usually it's a little more like um, symbolic uh, expression of what, what's happening. And I I really liked it. I thought some of them were
1: quite nice. Yeah. That's actually a really good point is that um, they, at first it kind of seems like they're just going to like sort of matter of factly present uh what is being described in the text but actually they they do do a really uh good job of getting a little bit more artful with it or creative with it by uh, presenting certain information in different ways and also uh so basically the whole game is like a black screen and then there's white text and then white they're basically like simple line drawings i guess they're not that simple but they're line drawings without any shading really various degrees of simplicity some of them are quite simple others are a little more complex yeah and they 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 uh as you like step through the text uh, the images will the sketches will sort of like uh animate into the next one in a way that yeah uh, looks really good it was really cool yeah the in general the visual presentation for as uh like kind of stark and simple as it looks on its surface i think there's actually a lot of uh a lot of um nuance and they they uh, have done some really interesting things here um
0: yeah, the thing, the big thing I will, uh, I will say is that the, the, so a lot of the transitions are like the thing you're looking at coming to pieces and then reforming as the new thing. And it's uh-huh. it sort of, I don't know, the whole time it just felt like a very, uh, like thematically on, on point mode of, uh, of animating because the, the sort of big thing is, you know, your discovery is that basically they're fucked. You even say that at yeah. one point. I'm trying to decide how to tell them you're fucked. And, uh, and the, the, like all these animations just like falling to pieces really expresses that like catastrophic feeling that you're, uh,
1: yeah, absolutely. So I liked that a lot. Yeah. And then the, the narrative or sort of the, the textual aspect of this game is kind of has a lot to do with, uh, the tension of, uh, corporations. Like, so you're, so you're sitting on the, on the, um, or I guess it starts with you like walking into the doors of this like basically like a high-rise building and uh going up the elevator. So there's a lot of attention paid to this like corporate space and the operation of like the top you're up on like the nineteenth floor, which is you know where the sea level uh executives are. And so right, right. Th- there's 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 a lot of work put into sort of like painting out uh these uh You know the the C level executives and how uh, a large you know corporation operates, and there's a lot of attention paid to like the stillness of everything, despite the fact that you're about to tell them that they're basically uh, their future is untenable and they're like destroying the world. (laughs) Um, And it does such a good job. Like I, I guess I couldn't, I can't emphasize enough enough how much like we talk about good writing in in games, and I think like it's not that when we say good writing in a game that it's like not as good as other writing, but like, I felt like if I were reading this as a novel, I wouldn't feel like there was anything. I didn't feel like there was anything lacking. I mean, I guess maybe, you know, you definitely read a lot more than I do and <laughs> have read a lot more than I do. So i I was curious to see how you felt. Cause I just felt like the, just the writing style and the, uh, and the, um, the clarity and like succinct, uh succinctness succinctity i don't know Would succinctness it's just, is just the word succinctness would be uh it was just like quite good and yeah I thought it was really I, well done
0: uh, i liked the um the i thought that it did a really good job of having really like expressive and often imagistic language uh, i mm. did think there were a few moments where it felt a little overwritten just in the sense of like like the it does the thing where there's like the sentence is kind of like claws clause, clause, but i think that oh, sure. um i i uh maybe i have a little bit too much of my like teaching writing brain on because oh, I, sure. I, I do have a little more uh if it it's a little more in this um in this first scene because it's all about like like the building drama of of and suspense like you're it, yeah. it literally ends with you opening the door and the whole thing is about you like thinking about and walking towards this meeting that you're kind of dreading and you don't know how it's going to go. Uh, mm-hmm. So the, the sort of like the sentences really like drawing out, like t- being taking a while to read and sort of like building yeah. on themselves sort of makes sense. So I'll, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, I, definitely think it does a really good job of just like building up that tension. Cause it's like a, it's like a dreadful tension. It is, yeah. Dreadful is a good word. I, I, I guess I, uh, the thing I, maybe one of the reasons this resonated so much with me is because it's a lot about like, uh, uh, the yuckiness of, of, uh, of a corporation and like the skepticism <laughs> that, uh, this, this character that you're embodying has about, uh, how he's basically like, well, they had me conduct this survey to see if they're fucked and they are. And based on how calm everything is, I'm starting to get the creeping suspicion that they're not going to want to listen to me. And, uh even if right. i tell them in very clear terms that uh things are hard, dire yeah. they'll they'll you know take it with a smile which is um i don't know as a person who works for like a a, a not a huge corporation but a, a relatively large corporation <laughs> uh i i i can feel a lot of what they're talking about like there's a part where he talks a, a, about how um like everything is so calm and it's like, they know I'm coming in here and they're not like freaked out about it. And it just kind of reminds me of, uh, at work. It's like no one, uh, nothing is ever urgent unless there's a chance that we're losing money over it. And then suddenly it's like (laughs) the number one thing, like the number of times it's been like, Hey, we want to do this feature. We think it's like really bad that we don't have this feature. And they're like, "Mm, I don't know. Uh, We'll prioritize it. Blah, blah, blah. And then, uh, the second, uh, like sometimes problems will arise where it's like, uh, it's like, okay, this, this uh, bug has been uh, available to our customers for, for six months, but someone, uh, a C level executive found out about it today and they're freaking out. So we have to fix it right now. Like literally fix it and put it out, put it out today. And it's like, okay, but what about all this other work we've been working on for weeks <laughs> that hasn't been put out? What about that? It's like, well, it doesn't matter. I found out about this bad thing today and it has to go away now. It's like cool, 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 cool. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Glad we're uh we're doing this. Uh, so I don't know. Go ahead.
0: Oh, I was just gonna say that the the feeling of of like um like imposed stillness uh that you get in, yeah. in sort of like an office setting. Uh mm-hmm. like everything's so austere and oh even the the way it draws the lines, like like uh often the the lines of um of like the different things it's showing you are are quite like wobbly because it went uh-huh. it's a little more hand sketched. Most of the lines uh, that are like showing uh, the office settings are like perfectly straight, and it's a really yeah really stark contrast. Um, yeah, I really like that. I, yeah, I, I did it did do a great job of just making it feel like an alien space. You're just like uh-huh. walking through this weird. It, like it really emphasizes how how strange. Uh, or how how foreign this space is for the character. Like he talks about how he's just like imagining the decisions that have been made here. He's like, oh yes, like in fact, he even just says that he says, I considered how many decisions have been made on this floor. Like it doesn't even he doesn't even mention what kind of decisions. It just like feels like a place where things are decided here.
1: Yeah, and it's like it's it's funny because I, I it again it draws like a really good juxtaposition between there's kind of like a triangle here, right? There's this, uh, this researcher who's kind of like an outsider academic. There's the sort of corporate, uh, like big wigs, the, the suits, and then there's uh, sort of the the blue collar uh, workers who he's been uh, interacting with. There's a, a specific point made where the the character is like, I I may appoint to talk to all the like foremen in these like mining operations, or like talk to all the guys who are actually doing this like backbreaking work and get yeah. their perspective because I think that's an important part. Like, yes, I'm a researcher and I'm a scientist, but uh, like understanding their perspective is hugely important. So it does a really good job of like making you feel how disconnected uh like corporate powers like suits uh seem to act from like the the like the decisions they're making are affecting like the direct livelihood and health and well-being of like hundreds if not thousands of people uh and they make their decisions you know so quickly and calmly and it's in like this austere uh, you know, place uh, far away from uh, any of that unpleasantness that their, their decisions will, will, uh, you know, cause. Uh, yeah. Do you remember the, he had the, the line that was like
0: the, I wondered how they re- would react, but I imagine they, they have the discipline to be able to, like not react to anything that that's Mm. required to be uh, an executive at a company where your decisions will determine the economic fate of nations. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's actually another thing that I actually think this was the thing that I thought was like the most good uh, about this game or the The most effective piece of, yeah, the the good, the goodest part of this game (laughs) uh, or of this demo was uh, when he's describing uh sort of the the what it's like to have a conversation with this victor ferrera character and uh he does a, such a good job like i don't know what is your level of experience interfacing with a, a a corporate uh c-level executive jordan my guess is it's like not not huge what is c-level like chief like c like uh CEO, cfo cto yeah. Yeah. yeah chief chief yeah exactly um
0: well not I- in a actual uh, employment capacity zero
1: <laughs> yeah but you've probably dealt with like some department head type people and yeah I yeah feel like sure there's there's probably some similarity there yeah um i mean the 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 thing is is like f- what i've come to understand is like there are people who are really good at their job and then there are people who are like want to be middle management because they don't want to do anything and then there's like the like executive people and it's just like your brain works a different way than my brain (laughs) and the way they talk to people like i don't know you get a lot of especially like my company where it's like oh we're like a family company and we help people or whatever which is like you know partially bullshit partially not bullshit but (laughs) in my experience like any person that's like a, a c level like there's just something different about them and like the way they interface with other humans it's like Uh, the way he, uh, uh, Nicholas O'Brien in this game characterizes like, uh, how he can talk to you for 15 minutes without saying anything. He can just like, he can put so many words at you, uh, without any of it meaning anything. Uh, and like to a less discerning, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, person, it would seem like, oh, wow, great job. Like the, the, uh, that's such a great, like distillation of like corporate climber, uh, you know, trying to be uh, a, a great businessman thing. And uh, I don't know, it just like played into my uh, intense corporate skepticism of like, I don't know when people, when people like coworkers will be like, we will have uh town hall meetings where it's like the the ceo and the uh, the whole executive team like talks to all the employees like everyone's in a big room and we're like talking and answering questions and it's fun and we're like good guys and we're trying to do great things and then it's like you sit in a meeting with them and it's a totally different person and just like that man that that rubs me the wrong way big time (laughs) yeah yeah and just oh go ahead I don't know. Just like the whole, the whole uh, uh, sort of paragraph or uh, couple of pages where he's describing what it's like to have, like get prepping himself for uh, this conversation with Victor Ferreira after, and then like talking about his previous conversations. I thought was just like absolutely on on point. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, I I like that a lot too. Definitely. Um, I in a weird way, this is maybe it says more about me than the game, but. I, it vaguely reminded me of hitman just in the sense that like mm. so like so many of the levels of the two most recent hitman games are about uh-huh. like uh exploring uh corporate government or other like kind of halls of power places mm-hmm. where you're n- you normally would have no business being uh, yeah. but you get to like explore them and subvert them and like mm. and like be uh be superior to them and in in a weird way like that the feeling of like walking into this this just weird uh corporate place with all these people who are like you know mo- the movers and shakers like deciding the yeah. fate of the world it, it reminded me of that a little bit
1: Yeah absolutely and I think uh we've talked about this before I'm pretty sure I know you you have on your blog a piece about how uh often uh the, the hitman levels are basically about uh assuming the role of the underclass and taking yeah. down the, Dress, the dressing up as
0: dressing up as the the service, service workers, workers in the in the rich people place and
1: then like choking them to death <laughs> yeah and actually like now that you mentioned it i'm almost certain that there is like a hitman level i'm trying to think that takes place in like a brazil or some sort of like south american uh country where it's like you are killing the like head of what is it? Is it uh, well in
0: Hitman? Well, let me try to remember. So Hit Hitman 2, Two isn't there? There's, uh, the- there's the one that it's in Columbia and there's the is that some kind of plantation, right? Well, but it's the it's a a drug lord, so oh, okay. he's like so he is like super rich. He's a little bit more
1: explicitly uh, evil.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's more of like uh he he very much like has the kind of like um like Miami yeah o- over the top drug
1: lord like movie drug lord. Sure, uh, sure. Yeah. yeah versus like a more of a, a businessman yeah uh, type of type of person but uh still i definitely do like that comparison of like uh the 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 weird like out of placeness and sort of like almost like stick-to-itiveness like oh man i bet you all these people in here are all just like total uh shitheads and they are think this like building is so Uh, cool and pristine and (laughs) i'm in here and i'm an outsider and i'm about to tell them that what they're doing is totally fucked and they're and they're ruining everything i'm gonna tell them off in this grand uh this you know this grand meeting i'm gonna i'm gonna help i'm you know gonna put one in for the good guys and uh something i get the the suspicion that uh that's not how the it's really going to play out in the, in the final <laughs> game. Um, yeah, I mean, but I'm very I, curious to see. I am too. Um, I think that, so uh, uh,
0: semi related to that point. Um, one of the things that I did notice is a lot of the text. Um, a lot of the stuff we get in this first chapter is, is about decision making. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's talking about how this is the place where like you're thinking about what decision you're going to make. Mm. Uh, it really emphasizes that this is a, a place where decisions are made. You're in decision mm-hmm. land. Uh, mm-hmm. and and he's just like thinking about decisions this whole time and then the core like interactive mechanic is you know mm-hmm. the typical sort of like um, like narrative game like binary choice like sure uh, this or that um, so I do think that um, if, if it doesn't end up being the case that you can change things very much it definitely uh-huh. is going to be about the fact that you can't like it's uh, oh, it sure. seems like it's it's trying to like build up um, build up the the feeling of like a decision must be made. And then maybe, maybe the, I mean, I can see it going multiple ways, but one way I could see it going is it's like the, the sort of horror of the exhaustion of rare earth minerals is that mm-hmm. it's, it's too late. Like your decisions don't yeah. matter. Like that uh-huh. is like, uh, and that, that it seems like it could have a sort of like subversion of the, the adventure game format that, you know, you, you assume you get to choose, but actually mm-hmm. th- this situation no one does because it just it has already happened.
1: Yeah, actually, I I do like that read, and I I think there's a good chance it goes that uh that way in the full game, kind of leaning against uh the basically going the opposite direction of Mass Effect uh style model <laughs> where it's like all your choices impact what's happening, and then in reality they don't really that much. Yeah, whereas this game, it's like your choices are doing something, but actually they aren't, and we knew the whole time and. Now you're realizing that they aren't on purpose, but not in like a Bioshock way where there was nothing else you could do anyway. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah I'm go go ahead. I was just going to say that Bioshock's a great example
0: of how like, like when it comes to really choice based games, it tends to either be like, you can make a ton of choices, or the game mm-hmm. really lets you know that you can't. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's funny how when Bioshock was new, it was like some amazing thing. Like, like whoa, oh, man, I was a slave to the game this whole time. <laughs> and then now, like, going back, it's kind of like, really? It's like, blown away by that.
0: We get it that a uh, computer program is deterministic. All right. Thank
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, I'm, I'm definitely like, uh, I, I I agree with what you're saying that they kind of like set up the decision making in, in a way that, um, I guess in this, in this intro chapter, they sort of like, you know, that your decision isn't making that much. Basically, there are only a handful of decisions. It's basically like, uh, water or or coffee, which Um, I will, I will say, so I played it twice. I did too. uh, That is one decision that
0: it does change the animation. You get yeah. a coffee cup versus a water cup. I'm pretty sure so. it changes the
1: animation uh, in all of e- the d- different decisions. So that was uh, the, the only one on that. that I
0: remembered what the I couldn't <laughs> the other ones I didn't remember what the other animation was. So
1: yeah, I didn't remember. I specifically. Confirm. I'm, Yeah, it was definitely different because then the okay. the next option is like whether or not you're talking about like workers in the train yard or workers like well, actually with the on the mine glasses. or whatever. Yeah, 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 and there's like it talks about the, the different workers at each site and uh, yeah. sort of like what they, That's right. what they go through. Um, yeah. Oh, and there's also a really like scathing remark about uh, how some of the workers were uh, like offended that he thought they didn't realize that they were, uh, that their like health and safety was being like totally thrown out by their, by their uh, uh, like the, the higher ups, but basically that they, they totally knew. And it was just like part of the reality of doing the job. And it's just like, Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yuck. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I I am curious like what direction the final game will go. If it's going to be like a highly cynical direction or a little bit more of a hopeful direction. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. My, my initial re thought is that it, it's, it's probably going to be more cynical, but also, yeah. I mean, I guess with, uh, the potential of like decision making, it could be that like, depending on how you talk, you, uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah,
0: I, I imagine there's some, it's hard to imagine this game having a happy ending, but I could imagine yeah. having a less bad ending, you know, like, yeah, like you kind of like a sort of like melancholic. I did what I could, but sure. was, was it enough? Yeah. yeah. I could definitely see that, that kind of ending, but. Hard to imagine i Do mean it's you? literally called the last survey right like it's about, yeah it's about the end of something
1: <laughs> sure um but i guess from what from what perspective is it the last is it this researcher's last survey after he oh yeah uh, they, has, they fire him he becomes totally down yeah he gets totally downtrodden by telling them the truth and they're all like yeah well uh that's you're kind of telling us what we already knew but uh anyway thanks see ya bye <laughs> and then he's like oh shit um yeah, the last know, one because
0: they it's like that meme where the they're asking for ideas in the corporate boardroom and he gives the obvious one they throw oh, yeah, out just the window get out yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, we need more rare earth, earth minerals what if they're exhausted then they just throw them out the window just, just throw them out the window yeah <laughs> um so here's a question do you have any insight into like if this is a, an actual real world problem or is it it seems like at the very least it's a potential problem that people are actually like I'm trying to research right now uh i have so here's
0: what i have heard um so well first of all it does say based on studies by nickel and silver prospectors geoscientists mineral mm. analysts so i i i that seemed truthful um, i guess i can't personally speak to it i have heard that there are like uh the current rates of energy consumption um i don't know if it's like current rates or if it's like if, everyone, if everyone consumed at the rate of like uh, industrial country or something, uh-huh. um, there's not, a, there's not enough. I don't remember what mineral specifically, but some key mineral in solar panels, not enough of it. So yeah, you couldn't, yeah. you, you couldn't actually com, convert the whole world to a hundred percent solar energy at the levels of energy consumption that the United States has i'm pretty sure that is true
1: that's been that's been known for some time and that's like not even at a at a scale of uh like that's not even a matter of by my understanding it's not even a matter of uh like minerals or metals not being present it's that uh like these size and number of of panels and the energy generated by the sun is just like not feasible to build and Mm. like to totally replace like coal or whatever which I don't know, it gets it gets a little bit uh, like dark when you start thinking about something like the Green New Deal, which is uh, you know, a current it's not even actual legislation yet, it's just sort of a, yeah. a proposal that will uh, is supposed to be getting followed up by uh, some actual legislation about uh, reducing, uh, basically uh, reducing America's uh, you know, uh, fossil fuel emissions to zero in order to yeah. help combat climate change, and it's like okay, well, if we are we're kind of jumping out of the frying pan and into the fire in a certain way. Like, okay, well we're, even if we, if, even if we can get away from fossil fuels to say electric cars, and then suddenly we're depleting the earth of rare metals that it needs, then it's kind of like, yeah, what is, what is the path forward? And is one actually any better than the other? Or is it just, uh, you know, putting off the inevitable, which is, uh, not a not a great uh, headspace to get into It's but. true
0: I mean I mean it is sort of like like that's the kind of um like I I do think that 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 is going to be the defining feature of like our generation like, like we we get to be the the generation that is fully aware that like,
1: we're doing point, irreparable
0: the, damage yeah the, at some point doing it in our lives things will get much worse like that you just uh-huh. it's just like like the the sort of optimism of like our grandparents generation that like uh-huh. the, the world will necessarily get better for yeah for people like it's just i i don't know that i can say it definitely will get worse but there's no mm. way you can have that optimism anymore it just no way yeah
1: listen we don't have the optimism of we just uh you know won a world war everyone's got a great job we're building missiles and shit we don't know why we're just doing it (laughs) shooting everyone's having babies and making money you know yeah (laughs) fuck the russians everything else is great (laughs) Um, as long as we don't blow us up with ourselves up with nukes it'll be awesome yeah and now it's kind of like well well even if we don't even if we don't blow ourselves up with nukes (laughs) which we still could do technically yeah which is still you know on the table (laughs) technically still an option yeah it's uh (laughs) it's a it's the kind of a scary time to be alive at the moment yeah um Um,
0: i just so on the specific topic of the the mineral material i just uh read so reading the description of the game again uh, it says the issue is the current rate of electric car, high efficiency fuel cell and solar panel manufacturing. So I guess the three of them together uh, are not sustainable.
1: Um, Yeah. Which is uh, a bummer distressing, distressing when it's like, we need to get away from fossil fuels. Uh, How (laughs) like where? Yeah.
0: Yeah, Uh, I mean, it's going to take a lot of different. I mean, one of the reasons why those projections always look so bad is because it's like, I think how they often do it is like, what if we you know consumed at the levels we currently do sure. and like drove as much as we currently do uh, yeah. except electric instead of gas and yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. yeah it can't be done but you know what if there were more trains Train what if lines. there were more what if like there was less commuting in general like we mm-hmm. and that that one's harder to imagine because it would be like you have sure. to people would have to move and where your workplaces would have to move and that's a much bigger scale of social transformation mm-hmm. But, but
1: also, but also remote working is becoming more and more of a thing. I mean, especially sure. in my field where you're, you know, uh, a computer scientist can, uh, can work remotely pretty effectively. I mean, there's a few things you, you can't do quite as well if you're not in the office, but sure. uh, I mean, I have, I have several, many coworkers who, who live in other States and, uh, you know, e- e-commute or whatever you call it. What do they call it? I. Commute no kidding. there's like a no
0: I know it's not that
1: it's like digital commuting or something which is stupid you just work from home but uh digital I mean, commuting you
0: know. makes it sound like you you do some like Tron shit where you get ported into I get, your computer I get in a, take a, a digital light car.
1: bicycle to work and then <laughs> yeah I, I get on the grid the grid. <laughs> grid and then you like port out a of digital front you they, got a
0: room full of arcade machines in your <laughs> office and you just like <laughs> blast out on the other end
1: yeah <laughs> Jeff Bridges was right. <laughs>
0: Jeff Bridges, yeah, he's
1: your boss. Um yeah, but but anyway, it's like uh, there are paths forward, but it's like it can, uh, right at the at where we are right now is like our generation for the most part is pretty convinced of the uh the uh, immediacy of our uh, of our uh, troubles, and it's yeah. right now. I feel like it's a lot of trying to convince the the next general or the generation before us yeah. to help us because they're all the politicians. I know that have it's the like power. it's
0: like the the boomers can't be saved. Gen X can go either way. We got to yeah. <laughs> we got to convince Gen X because yeah, I did see it. Like it sometimes is amazing that I mean I guess it goes back to like the experience of walking through the halls of a company like this and just being just being totally incapable of imagining the like headspace of these people. Uh, but like I was reading that the, some people in the Trump administration are trying to change the energy policy from now, instead of denying climate change, admitting Uh it and then just like planning for the worst, like just don't change anything. It just like, accept that it's going to suck. And like, some of them are like the project, like they're even doing like worst case, like seven degree, Warming, yeah. which is like that's like the one that the the IPCC doesn't even bother to make a simulation for because it's like so uh-huh. bad, so that, bad. That it's interesting. Like, they usually say so, like two degree warming, and then four degree warming would be pretty bad, but we can still plan for it.
1: Yeah. So that's actually interesting. So I don't know. I might have told you about this, uh not on the podcast, but it, I'm going to bring it up again. Uh, so I was recently I'm a I'm a software developer so I went to a tech conference where uh, it was about basically about web technology so mm. pretty innocuous but then this this gentleman he's like some sort of uh, uh, space scientist I don't exactly remember his, his name some man sort of- some sort of earth or spay like geologist or something like that. And he gave this really apocalyptic talk about all the different, uh, like natural threats to our, to our existence. And he talked about climate change and how dire things are getting basically like, Oh, in our current trajectory, everything's fucked. Uh, (laughs) and then came to the, the, so like he's talking and it's like kind of baffling. He's like, he's like, ah, a meteorite could suddenly appear and come and hit the earth and we wouldn't be able to stop it even with these like astronomical conditions or whatever. Oh, and he, he's really going for all the different ways it could be. Bad. Yeah. He was really, he was really laying out the all these horrible tour. scenarios. And then, uh, so I was kind of like, okay, this is like an interesting, he talked about climate change a lot and how like dire it was. And I was like, okay, this is probably good. I feel like a lot of, as a, a lot of dudes in like the tech bubble are just like, I don't know. I make a lot of money. I don't give a shit about my consumption, whatever. Yeah. Or, uh, or they so, like, are,
0: they like listen to too much Elon Musk or whatever. And they assume well, that, that we can invent our way out of everything.
1: Well, let me uh, just <laughs> oh, go ahead yeah? and finish where <laughs> this talk is going, which is that this guy is like, yeah we're fucked uh anyway elon musk is gonna save us <laughs> he he basically his his like uh conclusion was that uh the solution is uh for humans to leave the earth because it's already er- either irreparably, d- irreparably damaged or the people with the power to stop the damage uh won't so uh we have to he he was like at first he was like ah like elon musk jeff bezos space programs are gonna say he's like he he! Literally, what did he say? He said the the, the privatized dick measuring contest of uh, who can get to space the fastest oh m- will be Lord. our saving grace. Like he literally said it was like a dick measuring contest, and then was also like, but also it's our greatest hope. How can you? I mean, that
0: one just like like I find it easier. I just find not even like like this is a more desirable solution, uh-huh. but I actually find it easier to imagine that like like seven billion people collectively decide to reorganize society and economy <laughs> to like consume less than uh-huh. Elon Musk sending us to Mars, saving humanity. I just, that yeah. is it's such a, a like science fictional farce that I just, it shocks me that people take it seriously. And Dude, the thing it that, that blows my baffling. mind the most is it's like when they say, what if we, what if we like terraform Mars? I'm like, okay, uh-huh. Mars is currently inhospitable so uh-huh. why on earth would that be a better starting point than this uh-huh. planet we are living on now that is uh-huh. not currently inhospitable like
1: I don't yeah it's like <laughs> what what is it that we can do to make something that's utterly inhospitable hospitable that we can't do to do, like do this
0: it's not yet you in- know
1: yeah like if you can geoengineer mars
0: you can geo- yeah like what can't you geoengineer like,
1: like oh my god yeah it was obviously there are a myriad of problems but his his whole argument was like these people that have the most money in the world uh and and his other argument was or like another thing he mentioned was like oh he's like a government-sponsored program has uh less uh is like less liquid and also uh can't do dangerous shit whereas like private companies can be as risky as as possible and they can do the stuff that will like make the necessary risks i'm just like my dude what the fuck also it's just like what is
0: that what does he even mean like I, he, yeah, he knows was, he
1: knows how people got to space last time right like dude it was <laughs> it was absolutely wild this this talk was a, a hell of a ride and i feel like other people were dumbfounded but not like for the same reason that i was which was just like his whole elon musk thing i feel like in tech circles people you know tech dudes still love elon musk tech guys aren't I on know. twitter enough is what i'm saying there's something mess I ain't.
0: elon musk <laughs> the other thing about elon musk is like he he sometimes just says things that uh-huh. uh it, it whether or not he knows what they mean is mm-hmm. an open question but certainly the people <laughs> listening to him do not and oh, there's sure. like, so I just saw he got a retweet of him recently where he was like uh anarcho-syndicalism for the win which for those of you that don't oh know, that was a, the thing in the early 20th century that there were anarchists that wanted to build a gigantic industrial union and then like use that to stage a revolution and rebuild <laughs> society without capitalism or the government. And I'm like, <laughs> Elon, didn't you just like union bust at your
1: factory? Like what? Yeah. I, what does this even mean to you? Like, I don't... <laughs> what it means is that, uh, dudes that want to seem smart will be like hell yeah elon musk is a fucking rebel this yeah that's
0: true it's all an aesthetic it's just
1: like yeah it absolutely is and i mean he cultivated it he's cultivated it well for a certain type of person and i mean honestly it took it took me a while to be to totally like realize what his whole thing was um but but anyway uh I think I think we've talked about uh, Elon <laughs> Musk and the end of the world enough. Uh, did you have any other comments about the last survey? Um, just to reiterate, I
0: really want to play the rest of it.
1: It seems really yeah. cool.
0: And, yeah, uh,
1: this game has has uh, uh, has wet my appetite for sure. I'm like ready to go. Yeah. And uh, with that, I actually want to talk about another sort of aspect of this game that we haven't touched on, uh, which is that uh, first of all, Nicholas O'Brien is a listener of the of the podcast and recommended. I actually. Here's the funny thing. I had already uh, tagged this game as like a game that I want to check out, uh, and uh, uh, Nicholas became uh, privy to this because I. uh, Oh right, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Our our collection for uh, itch games is uh, technically public, so if you if you look for it, you'll probably find it. Uh, And he was like, "Hey, I saw you added this to your list. I made this game. You should play it." And I was like, "He's like, I'd love if you play it." So we did. So uh, thanks for reaching out. And also, uh, it already got funded, so we, we can't do a, a call for funding, but he, uh, he ran a Kickstarter for, uh, having a live playthrough of the game where basically, uh, the decisions, uh, are going to be, I don't think it's happened yet. Uh, oh, it looks like it'll happen. I don't yeah, know when you know, it's it, actually going to It has, happen. it has
0: happened actually.
1: From the oh, time, it did happen. The timer recording
0: it, it has just happened. So, okay.
1: Um, uh, so yeah. I'm I'm it's in Brooklyn to see, otherwise
0: I would have loved to go but
1: I would have too. It sounded really cool. Basically what they did is they played the game and they set up some sort of system for voting for choices amongst the audience yeah. so the audience got to vote for choices and the the build we played actually didn't have any music but uh, apparently there's an original soundtrack by the band what's the name of the band? Big Dog Little Dog. Big Dog Little Dog and apparently they played live uh, along with the playthrough as it was happening. Yeah. And, um, it sounds like, it sounds like a really cool, really cool project. I, I wish, uh, that we would have been able to attend.
0: Yeah. Um, I, li- I like the idea of just like, um, like putting games in like different sorts of spaces like that. It's just a cool yeah. idea.
1: Uh, yeah, a totally absolutely. different, like
0: social context for playing a game, you know, it's like a party instead. Yeah. So, and I'm And actually
1: it. I, I think that it says documentation by a company called intrinsic gray. So it seems like they filmed, uh, or they filmed or recorded this performance in some way. Uh, and I don't know if they'll be putting out some sort of documentary making of, or be putting out the performance for like people to watch. Um, but we'll definitely keep an eye on that and keep an eye for the final game. I, uh, I should imagine that we'll probably play the final game, uh, for another episode, uh, after it comes out, which it's, uh, sort of, projected to be coming out in the uh late this year sort of like fall mm-hmm. uh fall yep. winter time so i'm really looking forward to it uh, seems like uh, i'm really excited to to see where it goes um but until until that time uh we're gonna have to play a different game so uh next week we're gonna play a little game called neon boost which is uh it looks like a, a first person uh like wall running what is it first person platformer
0: yeah it, a uh, first person platform uh built around the mechanics of rocket jumping and wall running
1: yeah it, uh, it looks sample fast text and studio yeah it kind of looks like uh titanfall uh it mixed with tron like it's just like titanfall uh, mixed with tron that's a great way to put it actually yeah it, it's like, like visually it like is tron, tron but you're like running around on walls and hauling ass yeah Totally. Actually, there was a map like that in oh, was it Titanfall one or two? Where there was like that weird kind of Tron looking multiplayer map that was supposed oh, to be I never like played a, a the simulation multiplayer. Or I just something. played the Titanfall two campaign. <sighs> oh, Jordan, you fool! The multiplayer in Titanfall is so good. The campaign was uh,
0: quite good actually, though. So. Yeah,
1: the t- the campaign was great, but the multiplayer was also great, dude. Equally the, as great, I the, would argue. The time level so crazy yeah the time level is so good anyway we'll be playing neon boost next week it's on steam you can play it if you want a link to it uh why don't you go and follow go and follow us on twitter yeah
0: follow us on twitter at edgeguardcast uh as this uh game for this week demonstrated uh if we do check it we do respond uh so if you have uh, a game you think we should play um even if you designed it uh feel free to let us know on twitter send us a message uh, and we'll give it a look um Uh, Or if you just want updates uh, about when new episodes come out or uh, games that we played that we think you should check out, uh, you should just uh, follow us at EdgeGuardCast. So go ahead and do that. Uh, We'll tweet out uh, Neon Boost when uh, when the episode is out. And uh, with that, we'll talk to you next time.